Hey everyone, welcome to The Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I interview WordPress entrepreneurs, WordPress marketers, bloggers, authors, anyone who's touching WordPress and using it to make a living, uh, I'd like to interview them. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by John Saddington, founder of 8-Bit, uh, chief editor, master supreme of WP Daily. Um, John, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So let's get right into this. Uh, I got a lot of great um, information I want to pull from you to give back to the audience uh, so that it can help them um, you know, conquer their WordPress business. Give us the two-minute warning or elevator pitch, what you're doing, what you're up to with 8-Bit and WP Daily. Yeah, um, I guess the uh, very quick and dirty is that I lead an organization, 8-Bit. Um, we have historically been a product company um, building a WordPress theme and the secondary tertiary markets and engaging the secondary tertiary markets surrounding that particular product. Um, but recently, we've ventured into a serious play for um, content development through WP Daily, which is a news and editorial site. Really one of the first of its kind in, in a number of ways where we're, we're covering distinctly automatic and WordPress proper uh, organizations and products. So we really want to focus in on what they're doing, um, how they're impacting their community, their philosophy, and of course evangelizing that to the rest of the world. We feel distinctly qualified to do that because all of us have been bloggers for a very long time. I guess I'm into my 12th year as a blogger. I started in 2001. So it, it makes sense that a content company is generated out of people who develop content. So we're having a good time with it. We've got a lot of good response. That's awesome. And um, take us back a little bit earlier when you were started out as a blogger and when you were a young entrepreneur before 8-Bit. Um, what, what were you dabbling in? Um, when did you set your sights on to WordPress to know that that was going to be a business for you? Um, probably like most entrepreneurs, I, I, I fell into it. I um, growing up, I didn't really have an idea of what an entrepreneur was. Um, it wasn't really something that I was looking to be. Um, I know there, there, I've met countless entrepreneurs who said, who've said that that's what they wanted to do, and they knew distinctly that that um, is was where they wanted to head. I, I had no idea, and 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 to be quite honest, I, I still don't have really a good idea. But I knew that over time, I realized that there's really no one else that I could work for except myself. Um, either because I have, would have significant differences with the organizations that it would hire me, or I just, I just didn't see um, the same things the same way as they did. And you know, over time, that, that kind of coalesced. But for sure, my entry into WordPress started with content development. I started blogging in 2001. And when I say blogging, what I really mean by that is... Um, uploading a HTML file via FTP and hit, you know, hitting upload and then refreshing the page and then seeing my content. I'm not even sure if I um, kept uh, kind of a reverse hierarchical order to the post. It was just kind of a stream of thoughts. And this was because I was literally just documenting some applications that I was building. I am a software developer historically and by trade. Um, I went to school for some of that. Um, and so I was just, I was literally just documenting my thoughts and saying, hey, I think this is kind of cool. And I started uh, writing primarily for that. And then that quickly changed because um, my girlfriend at the time signed me up for Zanga in about 2002. And that's when I first formally engaged with a uh, kind of CMS blogging system. But it was actually back in like 2004 or five when I first engaged with WordPress. It was B2, Cafe Log, Matt forked it. Um, and that's when I first heard about it because it was, I had used actually B2 and um, B2 Evolution as an actual blogging, blogging platform and had begun actually building some software on top of it. When he forked it, I thought, that's kind of cool. I have no idea. Um, and paid attention to it a little bit, but it was really with the release of 1.5, Strayhorn was um, the name of the release where they create an intuitive theming system um, to the actual core where I said this is this is something I really need to investigate because I can systematically um, accelerate the work that I'm doing for some of my clients and, um, and even for myself in a way that really wasn't possible or really didn't catch that vision. 
And so it was Strayhorn, um, I think that was 2005, Strayhorn 2005, where I was like, you know what, this is an area that I really want to spend a lot more time in. In terms of entrepreneurship in WordPress, I don't even know if I'm answering your question anymore, but in terms <laughs> of entrepreneurship in WordPress, what I was able to do was identify a need and a solution. Um, I was actually at my church. I remember this this moment distinctly. I was at my church, and I said, started using WordPress, and it was Strayhorn had re- been released, and I was just talking randomly, maybe in the atrium, about some of the content I, I had created. And an elderly man overheard it and said, "Hey, I, I've heard about this blogging thing, and I think I want one too." I've always, you know, and he went on to express, like many people, I love to write, I love to love to share my thoughts, and he was progressive enough to to know that technology was an avenue um, through which he could do that. And I said, and he said, could you help me set something up like that? And for the first time, I, I just kind of pieced those things together. I said, here is a opportunity and a need that I can fill, and I could charge this gentleman. I could actually charge this gentleman for setting up a WordPress blog, which would take me like five minutes, um, and make an incredible amount of money um, in terms of the time time spent. So five minutes, a hundred bucks, you know, that's pretty darn good. That's like two thousand dollars an hour or something. <laughs> I was thinking, this is something I could really take much farther. Um, so that's how that's kind of got kind of started. That's a great that's a great aha moment uh, yeah. for for using. Uh, WordPress, especially as a business. Fast forward us to um, now founding 8-Bit. What was that challenge like? Uh, I interviewed one of your uh, colleagues, Tom McFarlane, and he talked about it from from that developer's angle, from what it's like to join a team um, that works together to kind of augment each other and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And it's, it's a great, it was a great interview to talk about what it's like to work in that team environment. But I always think back to uh, Will Reynolds of Sear, an SEO company out of New York. He said in the early days, it's like a multi-million dollar company now, you know, like SEO Moz size. Mm. And he always talks, and he, his early interview was um, every time he hired someone in the early days, it was just another, another time he had to go back and eat ramen noodles. <laughs> every time he brought <laughs> on somebody else to the cash flow, it, yeah. was, it was a step back for him, and, and it, every step forward was a step back in terms of financials and, and stresses of running a business. Did you face that same kind of thing when you founded 8-Bit, or, th- or were things a little bit smoother? Um, I mean, absolutely. I mean, starting um, an enterprise in a, in a startup is, is no, no easy feat. There is a, is a definite distinction between, you know, kind of the model that's been been created very often where you have more of these co-ops where you have individual contractors coming together to work collectively on like a much larger project. A co-op, you know, per a more standard definition, is that's not a startup. It's just a number of people coming together for a set period of time um, to achieve a set goal on a, you know, on a timeline that has a definitive end. And sure, you may be you may cycle through a number of projects, but a startup is is categorically different. There is a chief vision involved with developing something much bigger than a project for for someone else. And sure, there's some evolution that then occurs um, in between the two different models. But what I was able to do with Eight Bit, and really what I was um, what my responsibility was coming up with that vision, creating that vision of, you know, there's a market that's available to us. Um, there's some opportunities that we should explore, and we need to dedicate ourselves to it. This is not just a one-time project. This is an exploration into something much larger. You know, every startup's goal is eventually to relieve themselves of the startup title. There's no glory in being a startup. The ultimate goal is to transform into a business. Unfortunately, most startups never make it into a true business. And if you continually stay in a startup mode, you have actually failed. That is a failure um, because you can't evolve into a business. So if, you, if you're a startup 10 years later, you have failed. So we started up um, Bootstrapped. Um, it was just me and actually a guy named Chris. Um, and Chris is someone you should, you should definitely talk to. He's, he is really um, quite brilliant. But we decided that there was what I consider a black swan event. Um, 
in that and that terminology is used um, in a number of different contexts, but essentially it's a much larger socio-historical event that no one is aware of until it you know it crashes on you. Something like Google or Twitter um, or world the world wars, these large events that we have no idea but radically changes our entire worldviews on a very massive scale. And WordPress had been growing very rapidly. Um, and it, blogging, of course, has been an incredible industry in, in, in many different ways. Now it's been diversified, and, and people make full-time incomes and have become millionaires off of blogging. And I had just begun to taste this. And I said, you know what? The issue that I see, and I was working at, um, I had just got off, uh, I just left corporate America. I was a senior engineer for Dell, and then I became an executive at Fox for a while. And I said, you know what, after being at these Fortune 50 companies and leading their product development, one of the biggest things that they haven't got yet is, is blogging on a very, even a, not even a macro level, but a very micro level. And there's got to be a way that we can transform that particular enterprise and, of course, profit from it. So that's where the genesis is. I believe that we can use an open source system that we can configure for our own needs and begin to engage some of the fortune companies. There's this huge leap. Now that is vastly different than a co-op you know, coming together, a bunch of guys saying, I think we should build a product for, for someone else because they're paying us really good money. This had a core vision that we wanted to influence the publishing industry at large. And we would do it first by developing content and then creating a WordPress theme. And just like any bootstrap startup, it, it can be very difficult. You have to juggle you know, all the challenges of financials, all the challenges of time and project management, um, and all the partners trying to make sure they have um, can pay their mortgage. Um, out of the four partners, only one um, doesn't have kids. All the rest are married and have kids. I've got two, two myself. Chris has three. Tom has one. Um, and so we all have growing families and, and needs. So for sure, the challenges of um, you know, every time you bring someone on and, and making sure the line items meet in terms of finances um, it's all that in, in a bag of chips. Yeah. The uh, so the mission statement there, the vision sounds super ambitious. Then uh, it sounds super ambitious for the fact that you have just the standard theme, right? And to those who are just wa- who are watching that don't know, the standard theme is the theme developed by uh, by John and his team at Eight Bit. And when I talk to Tom, he says we only want to have the standard theme. That's our main focus for publishers. That's where we know we can grow in this vertical. Why or how did you come about that vision for having just one solid theme versus a studio press or like uh, iThemes who I interviewed yesterday who will just make a multitude of themes, you know, ranging from whatever, a small business to a blogger. Um, Why one set vision is that still the same, or are you changing that kind of that model? No, we we had actually attempted and had begun to diversify because that was a model that had worked, um, and it's something that we experimented. We we actually released a developer centric WordPress theme, a live blogging centric WordPress theme, a photographer based WordPress theme. We were actually prototyping a Tumblr based WordPress theme, and so we were beginning to diversify. And some of those uh, business segments were actually profitable. Um, they were actually bringing in um, some really great money. Um, at you know maybe one of even the smaller ones was doing two three thousand a month um, with almost no support. But so so we definitely did experiment and try that. But what we realized is that that's not the kind of company that we want to become. We don't want to be just another WordPress theme company because we had a much larger vision attached um, to the existence of our, our organization, and so we had to pare down. We said, you know what? We want, to, we want to be different, and we want to act different, and we want to create a different model. We want to hyper-focus on one core product and be incredibly good at it instead of being mediocre at many different things. It's not that our competitors or like Studio Press and Woo Themes and Elegant Themes and yada, yada, yada are mediocre. They, those are great companies, and I personally know a lot of those founders. Those are great guys, but they don't share the same vision as we do. Um, they don't want to focus all of their time and attention on one core product and theme and platform and then scale from there. And that's fine. We just have a different vision. It was a gamble for sure. Um, late, I guess, 2010, um, I'm sorry, late 2011, we made that 
we began, we made that decision. And then what's fascinating is that we were rewarded for that effort. Automatic contacted us a few months later and said, hey, your product is exceptional. We also love your particular st stance on product development, um, design, and, 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 and business philosophy. We should partner with you. And so early, it took about three or four months to actually finalize that relationship. But in early 2012, we became partners with Automatic, and we were able to showcase our product on WordPress.com. And I think we broke every sales record within the first four days. And so that was very exciting for us as a company. Um, that you know the gamble that we had made to focus on one product had been recognized and rewarded. There's absolutely no guarantee um, when we made that decision to to pare down and to actually sell off those assets. We actually found a, private buyers for them um, that we would that it would actually work out. But in entrepreneurship, um, in the startup economy, you have to make risks. There's nothing. I mean, the entire enterprise is a risk. But you have to continually challenge the organization to make big decisions and big plays. Um, because if you're going to survive and, and, and make an impact like you want to, then you, you can't do what everyone else is doing. Sure. Where were you making your biggest strides uh, in terms of selling the themes and finding profitability? Was that through uh, WordPress.com or was that through another marketplace like a theme forest or is it just direct sales and, and, and SEO and blogging that, that you found direct in your traffic? Sales and blogging for sure. Um, you know, my efforts as a blogger and entrepreneur helped spur a lot of that traffic. Um, I have um, an okay following and so people have followed me for quite some time and I, and I you know, lack of better words, I, I have a couple fanboys who apparently will buy everything that I, that I build. Um, I love the fact that they've been blessed with a lot of financial means and they don't mind buying everything that I create. So um, I've just kind of generated that, that tribe, if you, if you will, over, over time. And so those were some of our first customers. Um, I, I actually had some great contacts with people who, who do have significant influence um, early on, which was a, a key component to our success. For example, Michael Hyatt, who was the CEO of Tom Snelson Publishers, which is the sixth largest trade publishing company in the world, um, he became a personal client of mine, and then he started using Standard Theme, and um, now he's a professional author, speaker, writer. He has two New York, New York Times bestsellers, and he's carried us all the way. And, and now, in fact, he's building his own WordPress theme, so that's really kind of cool. And then we did projects for like people like Chris Brogan, um, his... Um, Oh, geez, I can't even remember the blog name. Um, uh, escape My Escape Velocity. Oh, yeah, Escape Velocity. Yep. Yeah. So he, um, he used Standard Theme for that, and we got a huge um, influx of sales and attention. Mashable wrote, wrote about us in 2011, I guess, is one of the top premium WordPress themes of 2011. So that was huge. And, you know, so we've been just riding that kind of organic wave of just uh, building a good product, hopefully. You know, hoping that it would be recognized and receiving some of those those just desserts, um, but of course we we can't stop. <laughs> to the uh, to the, the the young entrepreneur, you know, backpack on their back, walking around WordCamp, looking at folks um, like like us and and the speakers and the autom automaticians and VIP and all these folks. I mean, what does it take to really, you know, a lot of folks. End users and us designers, developers say, "Well, a theme's a theme. You know, I can, I can, I should just download a free theme, zero dollars, try it. You know, use it and hack it up the way I want." I mean, what do you think? What's your passion to make a premium theme? What makes it premium and better than anything else? Yeah, um, I'm going to say something that's probably not wise from a business perspective, um, but but I don't care. You know, there. The free um, theme marketplace is getting to be quite good, and that's a great thing because it keeps us premium guys on our toes. And um, you know, the marketplace is so wide now then that there are some free themes available that are actually, in fact, better than some paid, you know, quote unquote, premium themes. All that to say is, I'm not entirely sure what premium means. But what I do know is that there's a layer of confidence that is created between the organization, the product, and the customer that 
is um, that financial a financial relationship requires. Um, you know, open source is great, but at the end of the day, consistency and trust are things that can be difficult to achieve because someone who downloads a free theme, you never know who that you know the theme author is, and you don't know if it's going they're going to be around for support when you you need help. And premium you know theme authors know this. They know that support is really the lifeblood of their continued success. And so, you know, for for new users or people who are considering dropping some coin for a premium theme, um, for sure, if you did enough due diligence, you would be able to find a free version of the premium theme out there um, and probably be satisfied. But if you need support, if you need a little bit more of community, if you need um, someone at least the you know the trust of an existing organization that is invested in you, then I think it's worth a, a couple bucks. Yeah. And do you think we should be charging more for this for these premium digital products, themes, plugins? Uh, do you think we should be charging more than what what the market's dictating? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, if if anything, we should be charging less, um, and, and it's not because. Um, the work required to build a product company um, is lessened, or that it's not, uh, you know, that that the work that they do and invest the, the hundreds, if not thousands, of hours we've invested in our product is not worth, you know, sixty bucks or or how much, we're, however much we're charging. It's that in the open source economy, we we continually need to challenge the way that we build a business model, that we make a financial impact on on our customers. And I think um, the industry at large has f found a lockstep in pricing. They've discovered, you know, if you go with Theme Forest, you may not get superior quality, but you'll get something cheaper. If you go with an independent organization, you're going to pay a little bit more, but you have dedicated staff. And there's there's some pricing tiers that 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 makes sense. But let's be honest, it's not innovative. You know, offering a um, a product and a service, uh, you know, a service model that that is not anything new. What WordPress and WordPress users and WordPress entrepreneurs need to be constantly thinking about is what models um, that exist, are the models that exist, are they satisfactory enough? And is it okay for me to just jump in um, to a, a fairly robust ecosystem and just do the same thing as everyone else? Or are there other ways that I can provide unique value um, that I can charge more for perhaps and that makes logical sense for the consumer. And so those are some of the things that we as an organization have um, the capacity to do. And which is namely why we only want to focus on one product. It's hard enough to build a business around um, multiple themes. Because you, all your time is built into supporting all those themes and all the different updates um, you know, and customer requirements for all these different mar market niches and verticals. But when you have one product, you actually have room to breathe in terms of innovation. You say... We have one core product, and we're going to consider everything um, that everyone else has considered, and then everything that no one has considered. And we have the freedom and flexibility to do that. Um, so we have a, you know, we have a product coming out this year that we have been prototyping heavily. I think we're in the third or fourth prototype um, that is going to be exceptionally unique to the WordPress space, and we're really, really excited about it. In fact, we'll. From our market study, um, we'll be the first company to offer this type of solution for for our consumers. And so, yeah, I don't think you could do that with um, if we had a theme library. Is this is this first breaking news, public knowledge uh, kind of announcement here? Or? <laughs> it, um, it's it's a hosted solution okay. for consumers, um, but it, but it's going to be radically different than um, some of our those other hosted solutions, which some of them are really good. Nice. Um, this transitions well into a question that I, I like to ask folks like you and I that are in this space, uh, specifically with theme and plugin development. Give, uh, you, give you a little bit. I think you are the first for me to ever say it like that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's. I, I'll have to talk to my guys after. The, John, what did you say? <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? Now you're you're closely tied to uh, automatic. Um, you also write for Code Poets too, right? Well, we had I had an interview there, um, and they did a feature 
her on WP Daily, and then they interviewed me. So that, that was Krista did that. She was awesome. Um, um, we didn't necessarily deserve that, but we got some some buzz there. Nice. The um, what are your thoughts? And, and I go back to my interview with Brian Castle, who runs RestaurantEngine.com, uh, a place where you where end users can go and get restaurant pre built restaurant sites hosted solution uh, on built on WordPress. We we had the interview, and then the next day. Uh, WP.com uh, announced that they were going to have this vertical of restaurant themes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Are, are we up against? What, what? I'm just trying to put this in a in a politically good and politically correct way. There's open source. There's the community of WordPress. Love, love, love. Hug, hug, hug. Share, share, share. Then there's .com. Do you think they're looking at us and using us as market research to then say? Look what all these guys are doing. Ah, let's go replicate that. And look at the verticals our community is building and profiting on. Well, let's do the same thing and then end up cutting us out. Not, on, not intentionally, but because they're trying to innovate for their users, but we're on the ground. We're, we're, we're the boots on the ground, and we're seeing innovation maybe before them because we can be more uh, uh, dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, that tension does exist, but I think it's an incredibly healthy one. Okay. Um, I think it is, in, in fact, our responsibility to give back to the mothership, so to speak, and to provide that market research for them. Now, those guys are intelligent. Um, they have an incredible team that is constantly looking at opportunities. I have a call with um, Automax Biz Development, Paul, I cannot remember his last name, um, on Friday. Um, in a couple of days, just talking about what we're doing at WP Daily um, and Eight Bit, and they're constantly looking for opportunities to invest capital. Um, you know, they made investment. They actually made an acquisition last year with Code Garage. Um, they made another acquisition, um, an investment. Um, you know, last year unannounced yet. So they're looking at us, and we're creating great models for them, which is fantastic. You know, if we're all on the same page philosophically, which I believe we all are, it's the expansion and um, uh, and engagement with new users um, and, and adoption rates. We we our goal is collective goal is let's get WordPress in as many hands as possible. Now, what does that mean for the private consultant? What does that mean for the premium WordPress you know theme um, shop? What does that mean for the entrepreneur who's considering getting into market space? It means you have to be really certain about your product and your customer. Because what's nice about the free market economy um, is that we, there's all, there will always be a consumer um, who will be interested in our product if we can create the right type of product. That's why we have 10,000 different types of automakers. That's why I drive um, a Toyota and a Honda, and you might drive a Ford Mustang and you know whatever you drive. Um, I have a personal preference. That's how God made me, and that's I don't you know for, for God knows why. Maybe I'm Asian and I want Toyota and Honda, <laughs> um, but that's that. Those are the automakers that I buy, and you know, probably until I die, I won't buy any other type of car. I just I I can't tell you why. It just is what it is, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so that's great. You have personal preference, and you're going to buy it to different kind of car. And I think the same thing goes for the you know WordPress, that there will always be customers who are more interested in you, your company, and your product, God, you know, for whatever reason. And if you can reach them and if you can provide enough great value to them, then they'll stick with you. Mm-hmm. And that is the type of philosophy we're trying to create at 8Bit. Um, we love what we do. We love each other. We spend time with each other outside of business where our wives are good friends with each other. Um, you know, most of us go to the same church. Um, and that, that's a big deal for us. And if we begin to organically attract those types of customers, fantastic. And they're going to stick with us long-term because we, we love this long-term relation. Will we be able to scale as fast as Woo Themes or, you know, Studio Press? I mean, absolutely not. Um, why do, you, we, why, why do you think that? Why don't you think you can scale as fast as them? Is because the product range? Yeah, we, we just you know we just won't be able to we won't be able to serve as many people as they can. They have a much larger entryway into their product line than we do. 
you know, it's, it's, it's really just, you know, your typical funnel effect. You have an open market here, you know, and Branding Gardener and Woo Themes take these top slots. And then every other theme spot has a little spout that's in, into the much larger segment. We have a very small spout. The, the question, though, is retention. You know, in, in any business, especially our business in the open source um, model, the question is not about acquisition. It's about retention. Can you continue to, continue to retain a quality customer because you're creating continuous value. The reason why you and I and you know everyone else on the, on the WordPress world have changed themes thousands of times is because we become dissatisfied. But you have some people and some products which are so good that those users stick with them for the rest of their life. And you, that's what we're trying to do. Do you think that retention is impacted because of human nature and they say, I'm just sick of this design or it's two, three years later, it's time to redesign my business so I go and grab a new theme or is it, there's a retention drop because of lack of support? It could, it could be all of that. Of, you know, it, 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 total, it really depends on the company's ecosystem, their culture, and ultimately their, their model. If it's about you know, a transaction, if they're all about a transaction model instead of a recurring model, then like who cares who walks the door and who care who who cares who leaves? You know, it's like a hardware store. Come in, you know, get your screwdriver. I'm out. Next, you know, next time I come, I'm getting a, a wrench. But it's entirely different if that person walks into the hardware store and says, "Hey, Nick, what's up? How are you doing? How's your family? Um, you know, sorry you missed the barbecue last week. Um, and oh, and by the way, um, I need a wrench today." You know, that's an entirely different relationship. And that's the type of relationship that our company is trying to create with our users. We have some long-standing, passionate fans who have stuck with us for years. And man, and some of these people we have eventually met up in meetups, local meetups. We try to do that um, fairly often. And sure, they've paid only once, like years ago. But we have served them well. And they are still using our product. They are still talking about it. And we thank God for that because they have provided an incredible marketing channel and in industries and verticals that we could never really touch. Yeah. Standard was my uh, first premium theme when I was at uh, my old company. When we, we were primarily a, a Drupal shop. Uh, I managed a bunch of Drupal developers and designers. Um, and then it was like a couple of years before the, the big financial crash and stuff like that. But we started getting into WordPress <clears throat> towards the end. We needed a blog up for a customer. I, I think I, I think I was following Brogan at the time. And I think that's how escape, I found escape velocity. And then I saw, uh, the standard theme and, uh, you know, back then it was an awesome theme and you know, it, it continues to, that's kind of generous. I was the original product developer. I created it in five days. It, you know, you're, you're being, you're being very nice, but it was, <laughs> it was a piece of crap. I mean, what, what Tom brought to the table was pure, you know, quality engineering. Um, it's funny because Tom and I went to the same the same school. Um, I'm older than Tom, so I grad graduated um, earlier, uh, and we didn't know each other um, at Georgia Tech. But um, you know, I I, I kind of failed my way through computer science while he got like you know straight A's, and he developed. He, he's a purely engineering mind, and that's ultimately that's not me. I, I can develop products. I built products for large companies, but where I am now, that, that for sure, compared to Tom, I'm like an idiot. So <laughs> that I mean, it brings you said something interesting early on about being an entrepreneur and how you kind of fell into it. You never really envisioned yourself to be, you know, to set out to be an entrepreneur, but you just couldn't. You couldn't sit still. You couldn't conform to other management or or other leaders in your, in your previous businesses and the directions that they would take it, you always want to have control. I think that's like one of the similar fibers that we all kind of share is as, as entrepreneurs, I remember working for Circuit City and just disagreeing with every management sales, you know, sales strategy and customer service strategy. And this is all wrong. I, I, you know, I, you guys are doing it all wrong. Um, it's this interesting fiber that we all share. Um, yeah, and, for sure. I mean, and I, and I tried to help. I think, you know, I have this interesting perspective where I call it the Joe entrepreneur. Um, I think that there's an entrepreneur in all of us. And I think that is not so much a um, psychological or some unique attribute. I, th I think it is actually, uh, um, I think it is also, it is actually behavioral 
behavioral and biological. I think probably a more technical term is I think it, there is an anthropological entrepreneurship, which all of us have. Um, and I studied some of this and saw in my graduate work. Um, because at the end of the day, or my, 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 my core definition for entrepreneurship is really from Howard Stevenson, um, Harvard um, business guy, who said that entrepreneurship is the pursuit of opportunity without regard to resources currently controlled. And you have to say it a couple times before you really kind of like, huh, like, what does that really mean? But ever since, uh, you know, you and I were created, we have been the pursuit of opportunity. Um, without the difference, though, is risk. Is are you willing to risk, um, you know, your current circumstances, your current context, so that you might achieve the opportunity? And for some people, it is I identify the opportunity, but I, I don't have the wisdom, the wherewithal, the knowledge, the help to to actually pursue it. And so. Just like in your Circuit City job, just like in my, you know, other jobs, it's I, I, I identify opportunities. I have the gumption or resolve or whatever, or me- maybe mental issues to actually pursue that opportunity without regard to what I currently control. And so, all that being said, is I believe in the Joe entrepreneur. I believe in my neighbors right here in my neighborhood. People who go about their day. I got two real estate guys. I got two lawyers here. I've got a marketer, and you know, I've got an AutoCAD um, software developer right there. They all can identify opportunities, but the reason that I'm an entrepreneur, actually a functional entrepreneur, and they're not, is they haven't pursued it. And so, I, I really try to help and train other people and coach other people to pursue those opportunities. That's awesome. That's that's great way. Great way to, to, to summarize the the entrepreneur within. Um, oh, I got a couple other questions. I'm just trying to narrow it down to one of the last ones I want to ask. What's the one question that I ask? And, well, in talking about free themes, premium themes, do you think it's our duty to weed out the people who are doing things the wrong way? intentionally to, to maximize profits. Your typical, I can build you a WordPress site for 500 bucks, use a free theme, charge somebody 500 bucks, send them on their way without any regard to scaling their business and getting them results, but taking care of WordPress, updating, doing it logically, using the right plugins. Do you think it's our duty to kind of weed out the folks that are, are just doing it wrong? Um, yeah, I, I mean, my answer... Um, to that is is quite simple. I mean, it is not our duty. Um, I would have I have no issues with poorly written code, and thank goodness because you know the code that I've written is pretty bad compared compared to some. And thank God that the, the market didn't shun me away um, because you know I didn't have grade A quality you know syn- code and, and syntax and and all that good stuff. What it does though is it you know I, I don't think. Maybe my opinion perspective isn't globally shared, but I, I try to stay exceptionally pragmatic with the way that I run our company um, and the way that I lead our company. Um, we simply have a limited amount of resources to do incredible work. Um, and for sure, all of us are on a finite timeline because we're all going to die eventually at some point <laughs> in life. And you know what? We simply don't have time to be policing other people's work. We have to invest all of our time into developing an incredible product and making sure that they don't leave. And nowhere in those two goals or metrics of success is let's make sure that WooThemes is up to spec. Let's make sure that new kind of upstart is, you know, using the codex properly. Let's make sure that, you know, you know, our competitor here is, you know, building responsive and native native layouts just for their users. Like, who cares? Like, they're going to serve a particular market, and we just simply don't have time. Um, and we, we, you know, at some point when we grow, we will definitely have some R and D, you know, an R and D department um, to look at what our competitors are doing. But man, there's no way that I am an interest at all, especially in the open source economy, to say. You know, we're the standard bearers, um, no pun intended, um, you know, for, for quality. Um, let's let the open source be open source. Let's have all different types of quality available. And let's 
you know, as, as, as much as I hate it, let's trust the consumer um, to make the right decision. So, Incredible answer. I'm not going to ask another question. <laughs> uh, we're going to end on that and um, that segment. So let's jump in to the what's in your toolbox section. What piece of software besides WordPress or hardware or otherwise do you need to run your business? Like an Evernote, Google Docs? Do you have to have your iPad with you all the time? What is it that gets you uh, running day to day? Um, you know, I keep going back to... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking, if you look at my taskbar, which is really kind of, you know, that, that clues you into to what you use. My taskbar includes three browsers. You know, I've, I use um, Chrome primarily, Safari, and then Firefox in, in that order. I've got two writing um, applications, the, the OSX text edit application. Like, literally, I use that every single day. And then I use IA Writer, which is also kind of a focused writing application. It's a native OSX application. I have Coda, which um, I use for development. Um, I, I really like Sketch, but I don't like the newer updated Sketch. I actually have the older version of Sketch. And if you're you know, familiar with the Sketch Firestorm with Evernote, um, the acquisition, and then, of course, their crazy product development, the older Sketch was by far a better product. And so they re-released the older version, and I use that. Um, I have iTunes. Um, I'm the type of weird person where I will choose one song for the day, and I will loop that um, till the end of my work period. So um, you'll see my songs will have you know play counts into the thousands. Um, right now, um, you know, yesterday I've got "Don't Stop the Party" by Pitbull, and I I just got that like you know. Um, recently, because um, the New York, you know, the New Year's time dropped, he was kind of the first guy on the stage. And I was like, "Ah, it's a really cool song," you know. And um, I got that yesterday, and I played that all yesterday, and so that count is up to fifty. So I listened to that fifty times yesterday. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and you know, that's why I wear headphones because I would drive my wife insane. Um, but you know, like you know, Katy Perry, a bunch of her songs are on like. I don't know, last Friday night is at 1725. Um, I've listened to that like a, a month straight. And I don't know, just I just create a rhythm. Um, I don't even know why I'm trying. But I, I have a really weird eclectic taste. Um, so there's iTunes. And then finally, um, and actually, that's it. Those are all the applications on my, my task bar. Awesome. Oh, that's a great roundup. Let's jump into the lightning round where I ask you a series of quick questions and you come back with a series of quick answers. All right. The one plugin that you cannot live without um, Jetpack at this time is absolutely essential. One, because it provides the stats, which are very valuable for an editor and for a site owner. And then I really like the native share features. We use that pretty much with everything. Um, so Jetpack for sure is one an instant install for me. Awesome. Uh, favorite WordPress or business book? Oh man, DigWP. I have both of their versions. They may even have, um, that's Chris Coyer. Um, and gosh, I can't even remember his name, but I have both of those versions on my desk, digwp.com. Awesome. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by? Um, for sure, one of the, there. I'll, I'll give you three, and these are all from my father. Uh, my father um, is the man that I respect um, the most, and uh, I've never made a significant business decision without my father's counsel or advice. He gave me three, which I actually share on my blog um, at one point, is first, never give up. Um, and that's, there's really no explanation for that. That's pretty obvious. Um, two, always have options. Um, one of the things that I, I witnessed my father do in every business decision, he, he, he started from the line, um, at, a, um, you know, uh, packaging band-aids, you know, in like the 19, you know, fifties and then eventually became the CEO of a fortune company. So he spent like 37 years in one enterprise and just really knocked it out of the park. But he always had options, not just for his role within the organization, but for how he engaged with his family. And so there's a lot of implications for that, but always have options. And three, probably the one that pertains most to what we do at, at 8-Bit is it never hurts to ask. And I can't even tell you how significant that mantra is for an entrepreneur. I have raised more money um, you know, I've raised about $12 million in angel and venture capital. I've had, I guess now I've had five exits. Um, so I, I love the startup world. Um, but 
if you live and if you live your life as an entrepreneur, you say, you know what, like screw it. It never hurts to ask. You will find yourselves in places relationally um, with your business that you really um, that is scary because you know walking up to saying, you know, just never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. And just saying, hey, would you give me money for my (laughs) and and. like what? What harm really can come of you asking a question? Now you know you might be a little more tactful and tasteful with how you engage, but I saw my father leverage this time and time again, and uh, I said, you know, that's a that's a that's a thing worth emulating. It's awesome. The next question might actually uh, your answer to that might bleed over to the next question: the best business or career advice you've ever received. Um. I'm not sure if there's a succinct way of, of saying this, but I think one of the most important things that we do as individuals is we understand who we are as individuals because everything we do will come out of our own image, self-understanding, and awareness of how we behave. Um, and I, I, really, I really can't stress that enough. More damage has been done relationally and even from an enterprise perspective is simply because that person didn't know themselves well enough to make a good business decision. In fact, most of my, you know, I've been fired so many different times for so many different businesses. Um, and it's simply because I didn't know myself. I didn't know myself well enough. I didn't know my strengths, my gifts. I didn't, I wasn't aware of, or I didn't admit to the things that I'm, I'm severely poor at. You know, there, there are only a few things that I'm actually good at. Um, and most of the other things I'm not even mediocre. I just simply suck at them. <laughs> How many people do you know? Um, you know, and you could think of probably ten right off the top of your top of your head are in roles who have jobs that they are, were never made to do. You know, that you could say they are they are complete. They may even tell you if they're good friends. They're like, I, I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. Um, but for some reason, they're still there. You know, and so I think if this is business advice. If this is life advice, be on a constant quest to understand yourself. And um, you will do. You will go further and faster um, if you do. It's beautiful. What um, if you had to switch to another CMS? What would it be, and why? Oh man, uh, my gut reaction from uh, being a software developer is I would build my own. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent like, of the developers say that. You know, and but that probably um, is a big, big cop out uh, in terms of a publisher's perspective. I mean, Tumblr is amazing. You know, Tumblr as kind of a publishing system in, 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 in terms of intuition for the end user. Ugh. I mean, you, uh, let, let's, be, let's, let's be frank. We're, we're looking at Tumblr and the, the way that they have built their product. And, you know, we're, we're going to steal some of their ideas because it really, really works. So Tumblr, I, I don't know if that's a CMS, but it's a publisher. Yeah, it was an answer I, I received before. Uh, who should I interview next? Great question. Um, I mentioned Chris on this, you know, on this on this podcast, uh, on this video cast, who is one of my business partners and one of my best friends. I actually lived, I moved my family of four into his basement to help start this startup. So you know, I don't know if he would ever mention that, but you know, we did that for a year to, to make this work. Uh, startup life is really tough. Um, Chris would be definitely a good person to ask. Um, there's some kind of luminaries that I'm sure you've you've pinged already, but um, and I'm sure there's some core development team automaticians that I mean I'm sure you've tried to to get you know like a Mark Jake with or you know even like you know like a, even Matt Matt himself, but yeah, you know, that's a good question. I I guess I would stick with just Chris for now because nice. you've probably you know dropped a line to most people already. Nice. Um... What's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but some of them, it's, it's always valuable for, I think, people to know that I started my career in big business, you know, in the enterprise. I worked at Three or three or four Fortune 50 companies as an engineer. I worked at Johnson Johnson, I worked at Dell, um, I worked at Fox and News Corp, and you know I, I hated it, but it was what I was told to do as an engineer. It's what um, you know, just kind of your typical. But 
it taught me a lot. And I think you can be an entrepreneur and be incredibly successful and create something, you know, out of the blue. But one of the one of the things that I count as my blessings is that I understand um, from firsthand experience what it what some of the core customer needs are and what an enterprise what it takes to run an enterprise. And my connection with kind of boots on the ground consumers, especially when I worked worked at Dell, um, when I was constantly thinking about our consumers who are, are trying to purchase, you know, Inspirons versus Vostro versus whatever um, products they have now, um, that gave me incredible insight into areas of such as marketing, um, such as legal. I know as boring as that sounds, um, Marcom, um, business development, product development, you know, project management, and I, I was able to get a very holistic perspective of these very large and successful companies. And and it's weird telling you know a budding entrepreneur, I think you should go hold a desk job like that that's really counterintuitive because everyone's trying to leave the 9 to 5 but there there's something incredibly valuable with 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 being in the same place in 9 to 5 and understanding that economy because um most of the world has a 9 to 5 job and those are some of our consumers and they don't have like you know in terms of our context these 9 to 5 employees they're busy they don't have time to blog during the you know regular business hours because they're working at a blue collar white collar job. They get off, they got to travel. You know, maybe they have two hour travel time. They get home, their wife's you know upset, their kids want want are needy, and then after dinner and after putting the kids down, it's like finally I get a moment to write, I get a moment to publish, and that's the vast majority of our customers. And if we don't make our product so effing intuitive for someone who's just had a full day and the last thing they really want to do is sit down and write something and, and hit the publish button, then we do them a grave disservice and disservice and our product and they shouldn't buy our product. And so that's those are some of the innovative things that we're thinking about holistically. What does our consumer look like? Um, and most of our consumers and the pe- people who have purchasing power are nine to five employees. So anyway. I don't know if that's a <laughs> that's a great no it's a great it's a great ending to the to the episode. So everyone, let's say thanks to John for doing this interview. If you want to get more awesome interviews like this, I urge you to go to mattreport.com slash subscribe. Uh, John, thanks for doing this interview. Where can people find you on the web? Where can they go say thank you? Where can they buy your good stuff? Well, easiest one is my landing page because I've got links to everything else. It's just my name, J O H N John dot D O. John dot Doe. And uh, that'll be it. Awesome. All right, everybody, go check out John.do. Say hi, say thanks, and check out their stuff. Thanks, guys.